Good morning. It's Monday, March 15th. I'm Shamita Basu. And I'm Duarte Geraldino. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. Did you see some money drop into your bank account this weekend? Millions of Americans are getting stimulus checks just days after Democrats passed the latest coronavirus relief bill and President Joe Biden signed it into law. And many people are putting them to use right away to fix their financial situation or to invest in themselves. In this round of stimulus money, around 80 to 90 percent of all American households are going to be getting a check. People like Kaylin Rowlands. She lost her job last month and she tells NPR she's putting her stimulus money towards a car payment, groceries and a moving truck rental. New York Magazine's The Cut spoke with several women about how they're planning to spend their stimulus payments. One woman, Maya, in Los Angeles, recently had a baby, and she had a tough pregnancy. Now, as a freelance writer, she doesn't get paid maternity leave. So she says this check is going to make a huge difference to her. It'll let her take a few months off before having to look for work again. The Cut also spoke to Shanna. She owns a small business in Kansas. Now, Shanna says over the past year... She lost 70% of her revenue. She's hoping the stimulus check helps keep her business afloat. And then there's another woman, Maddie, who is hoping the stimulus check helps keep a roof over her head. She says her check is going straight to her landlord. Now, here's how it works this round. Adults who make less than $75,000 a year or couples who make $150,000 a year together qualify for the full amount. That's $1,400 for single people, $2,800 for a couple. But it phases out, and there won't be any checks for people who make more than $80,000 a year or $160,000 as a couple. If you're eligible, but you haven't seen the payment show up yet, you can go check on it by visiting irs.gov and click on Get My Payment. The U.S. Treasury says payments are going to go out over the next several weeks. There's a new wave of young migrants at the U.S.-Mexico border. One of the reasons they're coming is increased violence and poverty. The Washington Post takes a look at the data to try to help us better understand who they are. Now, the majority are from Mexico and Guatemala. They're typically teenage boys, but many who are much younger have also made this journey. According to CBS, last month, the number of unaccompanied minors who entered Border Patrol custody reached a nearly two-year high. Now the Biden administration is ordering FEMA to the border this week to help with logistics and processing. Under U.S. law, minors who get to the border without a guardian have to be transferred to a shelter. They stay at these shelters until they can be placed with an approved sponsor, usually a parent or another relative already here in the U.S. Problem is, the government doesn't have the space to accommodate all these new arrivals, particularly because the pandemic reduced capacity at these shelters. Now, this is one reason thousands of children are being kept at Border Patrol holding facilities that were designed for adults. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas said, a Border Patrol facility is no place for a child. CBS is reporting lawyers representing these children say these facilities have become dangerously overcrowded. Some minors say they've been forced to sleep on the floor, that they can't call family, and that they haven't seen sunlight in a week.
March Madness is back. Remember how it was canceled last year because of the pandemic? Brackets are set for the men's tournament and will be announced tonight for the women. And to try to keep players and staff healthy as the games kick off on Thursday, the NCAA will be using tech to track all the players. CBS has this story. The NCAA is going to be using what's called safe tags. Now, these things are about the size of a domino. They can be sewn into a player's uniform, stuffed in their sock, or around their necks, you know, on a lanyard. The idea is that all players and coaches traveling with a team are going to wear these devices during the tournament. Yeah, think of these as super high-tech contact tracers. They're sophisticated enough to be able to give accurate readings down to the centimeter. So, for example, if someone on a team tests positive for COVID, these tags are able to quickly and accurately figure out who might have been close by. And this is going to apply to every game, every practice. Now, you might be asking, what about privacy? Well, CBS explains these tags are not meant to be worn on off hours. And the company behind them says only medical professionals are going to have access to the data. Plus, these little things, they don't track a player's exact location. No GPS, so it doesn't know where a player has gone, just how close they've gotten to another person who's also wearing the device. Plus, they've already been field tested. CBS says around 300 teams have already been using these safe tags over the past 10 months. And coaches have been encouraged to learn from patterns in the data. Notice where pileups are happening in places like the locker room or timeouts and adjust the whole team's behavior to make sure everyone stays safe. You ready? ready. I guess I'm ready. Feels like 3.30 in the morning, but I guess I'm ready. Feels like 3.30 in the morning, and here we go again with this daylight saving debate. You know, whether to keep or kill our biannual changing the clocks. Yeah, somehow this comes up every year, I guess twice a year. Anytime we change our clocks, there's always this debate over changing them. And this year, the momentum is maybe a little bit different. CNET is reporting. A bipartisan group of senators is taking the position, stop it, don't Do it. Leave our clocks alone. Keep daylight saving time in place year round. So they've even proposed a bill called the Sunshine Protection Act. Isn't that just daylight saving time in a different coat? It's like the same words. It sounds nicer, though. I mean, now I know it's a little tongue in cheek, but these senators have a long list of arguments for ending clock changes. They say the extra evening sunshine in the winter could reduce car crashes. It could also mean fewer cases of seasonal depression. And they're also claiming it's going to cut evening crime and spur economic activity all the while using less electricity. But David Prairo says not so fast. Now, he is the daylight saving time expert. He's written a book about it, reports for the U.S. government. He's even consulted with Congress and the British Parliament. He argued in a Chicago Tribune op-ed last month that killing off clock changes is a bad idea. And in fact, he points out America already tried this once during an energy crisis in 1974. And at the time, a lot of people hated it, especially the dark, cold winter mornings. Parents were worried about their kids who were out waiting for school buses or walking to school on pitch black roads. Congress killed off the whole experiment after just a year. Something might be a little bit different, though, this time around. Our lives, work patterns changed a lot in the last few decades. More than a dozen states 
already endorsed ending clock changes. In fact, did you know Arizona and Hawaii don't change the clocks at all? Now, we've picked out some of the best stories covering opinions on both sides of this debate, so you can read them and decide for yourself. Just tap that little notification we sent you midway through the show. And as always, you can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app. And while you're there, check out some of our audio stories. We'll talk with you again tomorrow. 